Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The national headlines are peppered with talk about impeaching our president, Donald Trump. It's really difficult to keep up with everything. And then sorting through the rhetoric versus the facts, that's a whole other story. And now the prime minister of Israel is embroiled in controversy. What if both Donald Trump and Benjamin Netanyahu are both impeached. Well, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 1st, 2019. It's important to remember that the devil seeks the destruction of Israel and the Jewish people. Right? And he has from the beginning. It actually started when he possessed Cain to murder Abel. The seed, the promised seed, Savior, a prophecy of the virgin birth, Genesis 3.15, came from not Abel, Seth. And from that beginning to the end of human history, Satan has sought to exterminate eliminate, annihilate the Jewish people. Why? Because from the Jewish people comes the Savior of the world that's going to crush his head. Oh, Satan's going to bruise his heel, but ultimately Jesus will crush his head. That's why. That's what's really going on here. It's about the destruction of Israel, the annihilation of Israel. And there's a problem, because America today is in the way. That's a problem. That's why, by the way, (laughs) when the Ayatollah and the Islamic, I don't want to say the Iranian people, there's a great revival right now in, in Iran, by the way. You know that, I hope. I've talked about it. You should go online, do a search. It'll bless your heart. It'll convict your heart too. More Iranians are coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ by the multitudes, certainly more than are here in America. So when I talk about Iran, I'm talking about the regime. And they chant. And it's always death to America first. Why? Because we got to get America out of the way, then it's death to Israel. Death to America, the great Satan. Death to Israel, the little Satan. (laughs) That is Satan, right? It's also important to remember, this is where I'm going with this, stay with me, that the Netanyahu Trump team poses 
a formidable threat under the banner of a united America and an undivided Israel, namely Jerusalem. You understand that just in that one statement, I just blanket covered a number of prophecies that we have in the pages of Holy Writ concerning Jerusalem. Zechariah 12 being chief amongst them. On Friday, Arut Sheva published a most interesting piece about how if they knife Netanyahu, Trump's peace plan may bleed to death. How's that for imagery? A little graphic. But don't think about it. If you knife Netanyahu, Trump's peace plan will bleed to death. Oh, is that what this is about? Yeah, we got to destroy Netanyahu, we got to destroy Trump, because together they're a threat to our plan. We want to divide Jerusalem. They want to unite Jerusalem. You know what's interesting? while I was gone, you, you, I'm sure saw the breaking news that President Trump had stated that Israel had the right to Judea and Samaria. You want to build settlements? Go ahead. It's your land. It doesn't, it doesn't belong to them. It belongs to you. You can, that's Judea and Samaria. And by the way, Judea, does that sound a little bit familiar? Judea. Let me try that again. <laughs> I know it's an early service, but Judea. Jew. The Jews. Not the Arabs, not my people. <laughs> the Jewish people. Judea. Samaria. Wait. Oh no, we call it the West Bank. Nah, forget it. West Bank, Schmess Bank. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little bit off on that, but feel a lot better now. Boy, that's what happens when... Let me uh, quote the report. Some of you are saying, please do. Many reports claim, listen to this, this is very interesting, that Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu will soon be finished politically, forced to re resign as Israel's longest serving Prime Minister to defend three indictments leveled against him. One consequence of Netanyahu's exit from politics, if it does happen, could see President Trump having second thoughts about releasing his long-awaited and eagerly anticipated deal of the century to end the 100 years old, it's actually quite a bit older than that, Arab-Jewish conflict, which Trump had already promised to release after Israel's next government is formed. Did you, did you hear about Israel's government being formed? I didn't either. You know why? Because it hasn't been formed. A government without Netanyahu, listen to this, at the helm would pose a serious problem for Trump, who has forged a unique relationship of respect and mutual trust with Netanyahu that no other Israeli politician enjoys. That's the problem. They got to go. How are we going to get rid of them? 
oh, let's indict him and let's impeach him. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. They got to go. They're in the way. They're in the way of what? <laughs> They're in the way of our plan. I suppose it would be safe to say that the jury is still out on how all of this will play out. However, if the verdict comes in, and it could, and when it does, it's without Netanyahu as prime minister and or Trump as president. I realize I'm going to make a very bold statement here, but I'm going to make it nonetheless. If that happens, and it very well could, then I believe it could usher in the man of sin, aka the Antichrist. Think about it. Two strong leaders, Trump and Netanyahu, what if they're taken out of the picture? Is not then that a perfect storm that will form prophetically, as it were, for this man, this leader, this charismatic leader to arrive on the scene? He will be seen as a Savior. And we're told in the Bible that He will control the world. The world will worship Him. They will bow to Him. And He will control a one world government, a one world economy, and a one world religion. So you take out the two strongest leaders, arguably, of their respective governments. And let me add this, I might as well. I'm already going to get comments and emails on this, but uh, the Antichrist cannot be revealed until the church is removed. We're going to see that, by the way, when we get to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. I cannot wait. Thank God for Satan being allowed by God to block Paul from going to Thessalonica, going back there, because <laughs> we have two letters that we're going through right now. And when we get to chapter 3, uh, pardon me, chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians, we're going to read in verse 3 this astounding prophecy that I believe is speaking of the rapture of the church that must come first. So here this man of sin, the Antichrist, is about to be revealed, but he can't until the church is removed. And I, I will even argue that he can't until Netanyahu and Trump are removed, because they're in the way. And so is the church, by the way. So let's say, for purpose of discussion, that that's how it plays out. The church is taken out, Netanyahu is out, Trump is out, the Antichrist is in. Hello? We're out of here. Because the church has to be raptured before the seven year tribulation. Could this be? Please 
hear me out on this. Could this be, this is not hyperbole. Could this be that we are on the cusp of the seven year tribulation, aka the time of Jacob's trouble, Israel's trouble, not the church's trouble. Daniel's 70th week. Could it be that we're on the cusp of the seven year tribulation? Listen to what Jesus said concerning the final seven years of human history as we know it. He says, for then, Matthew 24, 21, there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. Here's a question, and I'll bring it in for a landing. If we're seeing this begin to happen now, how close are we? In other words, if we're now beginning to see that which will ultimately be fulfilled in and during the seven year tribulation happen now, then how close are we to the tribulation? Jesus answers this question in one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, when the disciples asked him about the signs of his return. He says, when these things, key word, begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. The closer we get to our final destination, the more signs there will be that we will see. Let me say the same thing again in a different way. You know how it is when the closer you get, the more signs there are. I mean, when you first start out, the sign will say something like, you know, 528 miles. Of course, not here on the island. It's more like 35 miles (laughs) to your destination. So you're driving along, and then the closer you get uh, to your destination, well now there's more, more frequent signs. Now it's 10 miles, now it's 5 miles, now it's 2 miles, now it's next exit. The closer you get to your destinations, the more signs there are. 1997, my wife and I, this is BC, not before Christ, before children. we uh, traveled a lot actually. And we went to Egypt and stayed with my aunt who uh, has a home in Giza, which is where the pyramids are. It was so cool. And so we decided to go from Giza to uh, Alexandria and then to Cairo. That was a mistake. The biggest mistake was when we missed the train and had to take a cab driven by an Arab. You haven't lived or died (laughs) until you've ridden in a cab with an Arab from Alexandria, from Cairo to Alexandria. So here's my wife and I, and I'm sitting in the front. Uh, She's sitting in the back, you know, behind me. (laughs) 
It's just a custom in my country. Anyway, she's sitting in the back seat, and I'm in the front, and uh, no AC, and he's driving really fast. And it's about, uh, depending on how fast, it's about maybe an hour and a half uh, drive from Cairo to Alexandria. And it seemed like it was an eternity, because when we first started out, and the way he was driving, I actually had to threaten him in Arabic. I said to him, I said, if you keep driving like this, I will not pay you. And the reason I said that to him was because I thought we were going to see Jesus. There was one really close call where had my hand been outside the window, I could have touched the truck that he was passing at 180 miles per hour. And, and the windows are coming, and it's so dusty and smelly, and we had sunglasses on. When we got, finally got there, uh, <laughs> my wife takes her glasses off, and she's brown, my color. <laughs> she's, sorry. And, and she's got these white circles, because it was that, it was so bad. And I'm praying, and she's praying, and she was crying actually, but um, oh God, please. And we were looking and hanging on for dear life to every sign we saw saying, Alexandria. And the closer we got to Alexandria, hallelujah, hallelujah, the more signs there were. You know where I'm going with this, right? The closer we get to our final destination of the Lord's return in the rapture of the church, the more signs there are. And I believe that's what we're seeing today. Give me a couple more minutes, if you wouldn't mind. I want to share with you the gospel, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, which is why, by the way, we do these prophecy updates and have all of these years. It's also why we share the ABCs of salvation. What is the good news? What is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus was crucified, He was buried, and He rose again on the third day, and He's coming back again one day. That's the good news. And our entrance into heaven will be predicated upon our answer to this one question. What did we do with this gift of eternal life that Jesus paid for when He died on that cross, Will we accept His payment in our stead? If so, we enter in. If not, we do not. It's that simple. And that's what the ABCs of salvation are. Simple, childlike simple. Before we go through the ABCs of salvation, I want to share with you an email I received from an online member by the name of Evelina Stroud. She says, Hitchhikers and ABCs of Salvation worked. Please let Pastor Farag know to never stop telling us about ABCs of Salvation. I picked up two hitchhikers that looked pretty bad, 
and big, but I knew God told me to stop, and I did. And I told them about Jesus, and I told them it was as easy as ABC to go to heaven. Anyway, a couple minutes later, I had two strangers in the back of my van saying, Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe you died and rose from my sin, and I confess you as my Lord and Savior. It was awesome. Then I dropped them off at the highway. Jenny and Martin accepted Jesus in the back of my van because of the ABCs of salvation. Thank you, and never apologize for repeating the ABCs of salvation. How cool is that? Yeah, well, thank you. Wow. So that's my story, and I'm, I'm sticking with it. I'm never going to apologize for doing the ABCs of salvation every single week, because you never know. You never know. What are the ABCs of salvation? The A is for acknowledge or admit that you sinned against God, that you need the Savior. This is what repentance means. You, you acknowledge your sin, you turn from your sin, and you turn to the Savior for forgiveness of sin. That's the first thing. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 takes it further and says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 is interesting to me because it sort of packages first the bad news with then the good news, which I think is a good way in sharing the gospel with others, is to first talk about how all have sinned. We've all broken God's law. That's the bad news. And we also have to talk about the penalty, the wage. It's the death penalty because the wages of sin is death. And I think it's good to first talk about that, then offer the solution of salvation through the person of Christ. The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's the B. The B is for believing your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, and that God raised Him from the dead. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C, lastly, very simply, is for call upon the name of the Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And then lastly, Romans ten thirteen. it says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will, will, be saved. Pretty simple, yeah? Salvation is a prayer way. Calling upon the Lord, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart, acknowledging your sin. It's that simple. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.